Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is Minister McMillan. Hoping everyone is having a blessed day. Today we're going to be reading in Romans chapter 3. But first, we're going to give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. We glorify you, almighty God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we adore you. We worship you, O Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, you are so gracious. You are so merciful. You are our loving God. Father, we give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your holy name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we praise you, almighty God. Lord, we praise you, most holy one. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, Lord, we praise your holy name. Yes, we praise you, almighty God, Lord, we praise you, most holy one. Lord, we love you, we praise you, oh, Lord, Lord, we love you, we praise you, oh, Hallelujah, 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 oh Lord, hallelujah, 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 oh, Amen, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, Father, we praise you, we honor you, almighty God, we worship you, Lord, thank you, Father. Lord, we ask today that you go before us and make all crooked paths straight. Lead us, Father. Lead us in all things, especially the word before us today. Feed us, Father. Feed us all that we need and help us to understand. Let your will be done, not ours, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, Yeshua Mashiach, amen, 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 everyone. We're going to get started. Um, <clears throat> Romans chapter 3. What adventure then is there in being a Jew? What advantage, people? 
But uh, that's pretty interesting. It would be an adventure. <laughs> uh, what advantage then is there being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, they have been entrusted with the very word of God. Amen. What if some did not have faith? Where will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. But if our unrighteousness brings our God righteousness more clear, more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. Of course he is. <laughs> Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Amen. Someone might argue, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness, and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as we are being your ministers, many of them struggle with it. They tell you this on the pulpit. Oh, you have faith. They pound it out. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty, as we say, when it's you and God and trust, that's a whole nother story. Some things really you have to really put in and you have to really hold tight and you really have to trust and you have to wait and you have to be patient. And your questions go unanswered, but you still have to have faith. Twenty-seven. Where then is boasting? Is it excluded? On what principle? On that of observing the law? No, but on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. By faith. Not the law, okay? By faith. Is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. I just want to say something here. Many of us, uh, you know, realize that we are from the family. Uh, many of us are for the family of the Jews that they talk about uh, back in the day because uh, if you do the math, doesn't take long to do the math, um, you realize that uh, we all come from one area of people, whether uh, it was the Jews or the ones that lived around the Jews. Um, and even so, many of the Jews, after being dispersed to different places, they intermarried with the so-called Gentiles. 
uh, which makes many of us today, even though we, you know, we can trace the Jewish background, you're Gentiles. And the Lord knew this. That's, that's one of the reasons why I believe that uh, the Gentiles were included because he knew after a while his people would blend with the Gentiles. And it, it's very hard to separate. The only thing is, back then, they were separate because one followed uh, one set of customs and the other didn't. But nowadays, you know, everybody's trying to get on board with one thing. Uh, right now, they're working on uh, coming to everybody coming together all over the world, uh, a one law situation, which we know where that's headed. But um, that means people will blend in even more. <laughs> so the Lord sealed. He sees it all. He saw it back then. And he had already prepared. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Um, that's why I tell people uh, get over the get over the uh, skin thing, get over the color issue, get over the nationality issue. It's null and void. It's not important. Uh, the Lord makes that distinction when He talks about the flowers and the grass, uh, the birds in the air. They're all one. We all came from the same place, dirt, the ground, created by him. <clears throat> and if you go back further, <clears throat> if you want to talk humanity, humanity literally came from that one particular area. And after so many uh, years and decades and centuries spanned out, Okay, um, let's see. Uh, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, right? And it was, create, it was credited to him as righteousness. So your belief in God is your credit to righteousness. Now, when a man works his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trust God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of blessedness of man to whom God credited righteousness apart from works. It's your belief, people, your belief. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin, whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Why? Because of his faith. Because he believes God. He believes God's word. And he tries his best to walk righteously before him through his word. In this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the circumcised. We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? 
Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. Mm, way before. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. Okay. Just as someone who comes to God before he is water uh, before he is uh thank you Lord before he is spiritually baptized, he's water baptized. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so then, he is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised, in order that righteousness might be accredited to them. And he also, the father of circumcision, who not only are circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith, that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. It was not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. See, he had to have faith first before the Lord would do those things. You have to show God. He has to see it. He's not going to just put you there. Yes, he loves you, but he has to make sure that you're prepared, that you're ready, that you can take on these things as you would any, any other situation. Okay? Uh, because laws bring wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Against all hopes, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, his, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was accredited to him as righteousness. The word, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered 
over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Okay, so I have two stories here. I want to pause and stop and tell you four. One story some of you already know about and one you don't. Um, <clears throat> the Lord said uh, in here, he's talking about accreditedness. So I'm going to tell you a story about myself, something that really happened. So one day I was on the highway uh, up, in, uh, up in New York and Thank you, Lord. He's reminding me of the second story. Um, anyway, I'll tell you about the first one. <laughs> uh, the Lord said, uh, I was driving along the highway and my car started acting funny and it died on the LIE. Anybody live out, uh, out, out towards the Hamptons uh, knows about the LIE. I was coming in from this, I was coming from the city going out to the Hamptons. And uh, my car died uh, somewhere around Central Islip. And uh, I started, you know, praying. Oh my goodness, you know, panicking, but praying. Uh, if you know what I mean about panicking and praying, because if you're in the middle lane, uh, good thing I wasn't in that uh, far, far uh, left lane. <laughs> that would have been a feat, but I just happened to be in that middle lane and I saw an exit coming up and I was praying that I would get off that exit and get uh, to a gas station. I had looked down and saw a gas station right as you come off. And so uh, I got off, got to the gas station and as I got to the gas station, the car just died. It put, put, put. That was it. And I went to the station. Uh, one of the men came out. Uh, he was, you know, rushed. Uh, he said, well, you're going to have to leave the car here because we're very busy today. And he said, we'll get to it. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much gone. Okay. I'm standing around like, how am I going to get home? I am still an hour and a half, at least uh, an hour. I'm, I wasn't a fast driver, so for me it was an hour and a half because I was taking my time. But usually from that point, it would take you about an hour, 45 minutes. So I called uh, my pastor. I called my pastor's sister. And if she's listening in, she probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, my pastor sister Debbie, I called her and she came out uh, in her car uh, because I couldn't get hold of her brother. And uh, so she said she would meet us, but she would only be able to meet us on, uh, on the highway, on Sunrise Highway. So after much debating and, you know, worrying and so forth. <laughs> I said, this is not going to do because she's not going to be able to come down to us. I had to get up to where she was because she uh, could not drive the highway that well at that time. So she asked if I could get up to almost where we were. Um, and she would bring us the rest of the way in. And I said, I, I, I don't know, I will try. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, in my mind, I heard, daughter, do you believe in me? And I said, yes, I believe. Then go get in your car. <laughs> so I thought about it and I said, yeah, what am I doing? I believe in God. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He can do anything. Why am I panicking like this? I went out to the car. I put my hand on the car. Now, my daughter was with me, and I was kind of worried about her, even though she's a, uh, 
you know, she's in her latter teens, but still, you know, as a parent, you worry. I said, in the name of Christ Jesus, I command you to run in Jesus' name. Amen. I got in the car, and I kid you not, my car started. And I said, thank you, God. Thank you. And I pulled out, and the man said, the man turned around and looked at me. And I'm looking at him as I pull out. My mind said, don't take the LIE, go to Sunrise. Now, Sunrise is a ways a ways across. They run perpendicular to each other. But at the point where I was, I could get there in about, I'd say, 10, 15 minutes. So I went down to, uh, I went down to uh, Southern State and got on it. Uh, I'm sorry, not Southern State. <laughs> so many highways. I got on the, um, uh, gosh, went right out of my head. Uh, Lord, bring it back to me. Uh, it won't come to my head right now, but I got on the other highway which actually was goes right up to my house uh but knowing that the uh that my sister in christ was waiting for me on the lie i got off the southern state and i crossed over back to the lie to meet her and as i was coming uh getting ready to go up to the lie there was a filling station just before there and my car died again <laughs> and it died because i lost faith the lord was showing me something i started panicking i was like oh i hope i get there and you know everything was flying through my head and i was worried about my daughter who was sitting in the car with me and all of a sudden, I said, I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm, I'm panicking. Why am I panicking? I'm in the car. The Lord has got my car running. All I got to do is get up here to the LIE. Now, I pull into the filler station, and my car starts dying. And this guy was filling up his car. And I said to him, hey, can you give me a boost? Uh, I'm trying to get up to the LIE where somebody's waiting for me there. And so the guy said, sure, sure. He pulls out his cables and he gives my car a boost. And right away, my car turns over and I thank him. I pull out, I go up to the LIE. I put my daughter in her car and in, in my sister in Christ's car. And I follow her off the LIE um, on into... Um, Riverhead. Uh, we get into the Riverhead, town of Riverhead, and just as you come off the highway a little ways, there was another uh, filling station where I was going to leave the car to be fixed. As I pull into the uh, station, the car dies again, and this time it's it's not, you know, turning over. And so a man comes out and I explained to him what happened. And he says to me, there's no way you could have drove from there to here like that. This, he says, car, it's not even turning over. He, so I said, well, can you fix this? He said, well, it's going to take a little time. He says, uh, you know, call me on Monday and I'll let you know. Because this was the weekend, of course. These things happen always on the weekend. Anyway, uh, I get into my sister in Christ's car. She drives us home. I thank her and everything. And uh, the next day, um, well, not the next day, but that Monday, another friend of mine that worked at work with me that lived out that way, uh, she and I was coming back in from our, from our job. And... I stopped in to check on the car. And the man says to me, uh, 
He says, let me get this straight. Now, you said you drove the car from Nassau County to Central Islip, died, and then you drove it from there, and it died again, and then you drove it here to Riverhead? And I said, yes. And the man, he said, that's no way you could have done that. He said, because... This car was literally dead, battery dead. He said, how did you get a boost with a battery dead? He said, your car would have blown up. <laughs> I said, well, it's called prayer. I have a God that I believe and trust, and he always comes through. And the man said to me, well, I want to know this God because this is impossible. There you go. Story about faith. True life today faith. Okay? Now. The other story is also personal. Story of myself. It's when I was in the car accident that put me... Uh, it put me in a situation of life and death. Um where I actually died and came back to life. And again, I tell people all the time, just as God raised his son, he raised me and many other people who have died, left this earth and come back. And so was the case of myself. I was in a bad car accident. I was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, and they had already collected the person that was next to me. They'd already lift air, lifted them uh, out to the hospital. And, uh, you know, they were bringing in the ambulance, I guess, to collect me when I came back to life. But, of course, before that, um, God took me to... Uh, what I believe today to be the Garden of Eden. And uh, brought me back to life. And when he brought me back, the ambulance driver, uh, one, of the, one of the people that was on the scene, um, you know, he couldn't believe it. Uh, it just so happens that they just left me in the car because I was pronounced dead. And another driver that got there later, she came over and saw me moving. And she yelled, get over here. This, this woman's alive. And they said, no, no, she's dead. Imagine hearing that. She's dead. She's gone. She's expired. Well, uh, yeah, so I started moving my arm as, you know, much as I could so they could see I'm not dead. And, of course, um, they ran over, and with the jaws of life, they uh, freed me from the car, and I was airlifted to the hospital where I died 13 times between the car accident and the hospital, being in the hospital, they told me I had expired 13 times. And each time, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and El Shaddai, Shantala Hoshia, um, brought me back. And so I can attest to faith. And I can attest to the fact that in this day and age, our Father still brings back the dead. And if you are a child of the Lord, truly, you can do the same. All you have to do is to ask him to give you that gift 
the power to raise the dead, the power to heal. Because it is yours. How do I know? Because I have been gifted with the same. By belief, by trust, and by his love and his grace and his mercy, these things happen. Okay, let's move on to chapter five. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope, excuse me, we rejoice in the hope, the glory of God, not only so, excuse me, I was just checking to make sure I was on the right page. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Does everybody understand that? When I went through all of that, with the accident, being in the hospital, going through, oh, if I could tell you some of the things that happened to me in the hospital, he wasn't finished with me yet. Not the raising, that was just one lesson. I had several lessons that I will talk about as um, I reach uh, certain things in the Bible, he'll have me like today um, bring the rest of that story out. Eventually I'm going to um, put the whole story in print. I've given bits and pieces of it, but no one really, really knows uh, other, not even my kids. I mean, when I talk to them about it, they only know bits and pieces themselves because, of course, they weren't there. It was just me and God. And when God is working on you, it's just you and him. Nobody else is in it. You know, only the people uh, that God puts in the scene are people uh, who he's using to draw you closer to him. But it's your journey. You're the one that he is talking to at that point in time. You're the one that he got his eye on and he's saying, come to me. And so what he's saying here, perseverance, uh, you, you go through these things and you know that this is not, has nothing to do with man or the world. This is you and God. And so you push harder. You push harder. And because you're pushing harder, your character emerges. And through your character, you become hopeful. You become hopeful. And things that you were fearing and uh afraid about or of, those things pass because you realize there is a God that's stronger, formidable, and can do all things. And nothing in this world or out of this world can stop it or stop his plans for you.
And he has given us all this through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly, us, us. Very rarely, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Amen. Though for a good man, someone might poss possibly dare to die. Hmm. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. People were still doing the same stuff the day he died and when he was dying. When he was taking, being taken to the cross and flogged and beaten, people were still sinning. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? See? Because even after Christ died, people were still sinning. Still sinning. Look how they fought the apostles after Christ died. Many still not, did not believe. They wanted to hang the apostles. They wanted to crucify them. And many did die. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life. Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin and in this way death came to all men because all sin okay from before the law was given sin was in the world right adam and eve very beginning though the lord knew it was going to happen he had already prepared but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death resigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam and was a pattern for one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many die by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. Again, the gift of God is not like the results of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many transgressions and brought justification for more Will those who receive God's abundant provisions of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? 
Consequently, just as the results of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the results of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The Lord was added so that the trespasses might increase, but where sin increased, grace increases all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Christ our Lord. It reminds me of when the Lord says, when someone does something bad to you, turn your cheek the other way and give them your other cheek. Give me your other cloak. Okay? Because in doing so, you will be justified. Wow. You're saying to yourself, wow, wow. Exactly. Wow. But that's what he meant when he said that. Okay. We are going to stop here today at uh, chapter 6. And we will pick up again uh, tomorrow in Romans uh, 6 and move on from there. For those of you who um, are listening in today, um, it's hard, It's a hard life. It's I'm not going to placate to anybody and say, oh, it's so easy. It's not. And especially when uh, you know and you're struggling uh, with family and friends, uh, people on your job, and they're not, and you know they're not, and you pray for them, and you know you're hoping that they uh, receive God, and uh, sometimes things don't look like they're going the way you've been, you know what you've been praying for. Don't lose hope. Uh, keep praying. Um, keep believing. That's the key. It's your belief. Your belief and your prayers is what changes things. But you must trust and believe in him who you can't see. And for some of you that are just coming on board, you can barely hear. But that will get better you will begin to hear. The thing is, you have to hear and recognize him because sometimes the enemy can uh, try and whisper to you too. Uh, so you, you uh, like I said, sometimes uh, uh, the enemy can be speaking to you too and you have to be able to distinguish uh, between the two, who's talking to you. Uh, I always say test the spirit. Um, God is a loving God, but God can be, uh, God has his wrath. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. Um, once you get to know God, you understand what he means by my children and you'll understand what it means when he says you and me and I and you the closer you get to God the more that becomes so true to the point where you can actually have a joke you can laugh with him uh, it's like he's right there with you you can feel his presence you can even feel his touch that's closeness to God. And that's the kind of relationship you want. You want to be able to at any minute 
say, God, I have to talk to you. And you can begin to talk and you know that he hears you. Even if he doesn't say anything right at that point in time, but you know in your heart that he hears you. Remember, God is in us. He's not in the air. He's he's not around uh, the corner. <laughs> uh, I see people looking up. God is everywhere. Yes, that's true. But he resides inside of us. That's why he's everywhere. His eyes are everywhere because he's in all of us. So he sees everything. He's in the trees, he's in the rocks, he's in the ground, he's in the grass, he's everywhere, but he's also in us, okay? All right, everyone, um, let's bow our heads and pray out. You Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Almighty God, for this word today. I pray, Lord, that this word is a blessing to many who are listening in. And I ask, Lord, that you continue to use me as a beacon of light to the many others out there, Father. Those who are struggling, those who are in darkness, those who need a word, Father, those who love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to be with you and to be with them. Lord, I give you the praise and honor and glory. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everyone. This is Minister McBorn saying have a blessed evening and good night.